How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. NFL season's coming right around the corner, so it's time to go ahead and start cranking out these division previews. Um, I am joined once again by Sam McSweeney to talk a little football. Sam, say what's up to everybody. What's up, everyone? It's good to be back. Hey, we're glad to have you back, Sam. We know you got some fiery hot takes for us coming up here on this NFL season. <laughs> Always. Um, we're going to go ahead and start off today's pod with just two divisions real real briefly. It'll probably be a nice little you know, 25, 30-minute podcast, but I'm going to try to get up at least 15, 20 minutes of content on each division in the NFL, and then ultimately I'll give you all my playoff outlook and awards and everything for the season and how I think it's going to go. I'm not going to lie. The first thing I want to say before we get into it, Sam, is you think that, uh, you probably agree with me on this, don't you think it's going to be kind of a wacky season with COVID and everything? I mean, it's. I'm interested to see if, you know, I think we'll have football coming here in two Sundays from now. I just, what's going to happen, how it's going to play out, you know, we'll probably see a lot more players on the injured list with different injuries you don't see very often, just trying to hide the fact that players are sick or whatnot, but it's going to be a weird, a weird year. Yeah, I think there definitely will be. I think, honestly, we could see like the most players go down that have gone down before in week one. I feel like they haven't had that ability to kind of stretch their legs and get used to everything oh, a yeah, little bit. Absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of rust, I think, on teams with new head coaches and everything. And, I mean, I don't think it'll apply to every single team, but it's definitely going to be – let's put it this way. There's a lot of weird things that can happen. I don't expect my preseason predictions to be extremely accurate. I mean, you could see half a team go down with COVID, you know? Oh, I mean, absolutely. And I think, you know, continuity is going to play a lot this year. A lot of teams have had high turnover, especially on the offensive end. You might see them struggle right out the gate because these first four weeks or, or five weeks even might even are essentially their preseason to really get their legs under them, feel out, see how they're running out the offense against, you know, another team. So it's going to be it's going to be weird. You're going to see a lot of change after those first five weeks and probably some records you didn't expect from teams. So, yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens, but let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start things off here with the AFC East, and that consists of the Jets, Bills, Patriots, and Dolphins. So we'll go ahead and start things from the top here with the New York Jets. Their season win total is set at 6.5. Um, what do you kind of think about this team's outlook this year and that win total? You know, they had some good additions. You know, they tried to beef up their offensive line. They brought in Brashad Perriman, you know, tried to push the offense down the field a little bit. He's a good receiver coming from Tan- or Carolina, excuse me. They got rid of Robbie Anderson, which is a good thing, Mr. Inconsistent. But really, you want to see that offensive take some step forward, you know. You missed a lot out of Le'Veon last year, and Sam Darnold hasn't really been much of anything in the NFL yet. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I just i am looking for that offense to take a step forward. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. You got to look for the offense to take a step forward. I think the. By the way, you did actually have it right originally when you started to say Tampa for uh, oh, for preparing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you bad. did have it right. You corrected yourself. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but it's not. But trust me, that's not going to make or break everything for us. Yeah, but. right. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I think the defensive side of the ball is going to end up really, really, really hurting the Jets this season. Yeah. I mean, when you lose Jamal Adams, arguably the best safety in the NFL, and then on top of that, you turn around and you lose um, C.J. Mosley, who opted out of the season because of COVID. I mean, that really, really hurts. I'm not going to lie, though. The Jets did have a decent defense last year, but missing those two players, I mean, especially C.J. Mosley, we saw their splits with and without C.J. Mosley, and they were crazy. Right. And I'm more of one of those people who, honestly, I didn't even think Sam Darnold was good in college. So, I mean, I just don't understand why everyone thinks he's going to be so great in the NFL. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with Justin Herbert. I didn't see anything that particularly wowed me with him either in college. So, I don't understand the hype with him coming to the NFL. So, 
be honest with you, I have a max bet on the Jets under six and a half wins. I would wouldn't be shocked if the Jets are the first team when uh, Goodell's calling names out on the clock next year. I I totally agree. I think that six and a half win total is pretty generous. I don't really <laughs> foresee them doing much better than really four wins. Maybe they'll kind of be like the Jags of last year. Maybe steal a few games here and there, but it's it's going to be rough. It's going to be really rough to be a Jets fan this year. Yeah, and if they had alternate lines for team for win totals, if I could get the Jet the Jets under four and a half wins, I would still take that. So that's how confident I am in the Jets going under the six and a half win total here that they have posted right now. Um, also, by the way, real quick before we move on, I don't necessarily think it was Le'Veon Bell's fault that he didn't do that great last year. The offensive line play was horrible. I mean, oh, he was yeah. getting touched the second he got the ball in the backfield. I think one thing the Jets could do, though, is try to put him more in the slot like the Steelers did and unleash him a little bit more in the passing game. I felt like they kind of like didn't even really use him to his full potential besides his ability to run the ball. Like I felt like they would give him the ball 10 times, and next thing you know, they're down by 25 points, which means they had to kind of throw the ball all over the field. For sure, for sure. And, I mean, that's something they addressed in the offseason. I mean, they signed literally a slew of offensive linemen to try to patchwork the offensive line. So, I mean, I don't think they're really – they'll probably try to move Le'Veon around because he's going to be that main playmaker in that offense besides Sam Darnold. But, I mean, I think they're going to try and hold the course and keep that downhill run offense going and – try and figure something out yeah no I agree with you completely and then last thing was I have to say before we move on from the Jets here is my uh, fantasy player I would or wouldn't draft I actually would draft Brashad Perryman and Jamison Crowder I wouldn't necessarily take them mm-hmm. as a wide receiver one maybe a late wide receiver two but I think these guys are solid bench options I saw I read that um, Gase has said he wants to get Crowder to 90 catches. And, I mean, Brashad Perryman's speed, but he, that 4-3 speed, I mean, we saw what he did in Tampa. I don't know if right. Darnold can get the ball down the field like that, but, you know, he might be a kind of guy that Darnold can find once or twice for a long, long, long touchdown down the field. So I think those are the two guys that I would look to draft for this team. Yeah, I agree. I like Jamison Crowder a lot. He's got a good set of hands, and he's pretty reliable there out of the slot. And, I mean, Brashad Perryman could be a sleeper there. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, in that offense, he may end up being, you know, a wide receiver too, depending on what happens with that offense, what kind of transition it makes going forward. But I agree. I think those are going to be two safe bets. And then got to watch out for Le'Veon. You know, he could still go back to his old ways. He used to be a monster. So he's he could he could still do that. Exactly. The talent's still there. It's just a matter of the scheme and if they can work everything around for right. him. So I definitely I agree with you. I think he's high risk, high reward there. Um, next, we'll move to the Buffalo Bills. Their season win total is over under nine wins this season. Uh, which way do you think this will go for the Bills? So? Uh, over that. Easy. I think this I think this team has the potential to win this division and possibly make a late playoff run with how they're built now. They made the good move really good moves in free agency and brought in a lot of good pieces. Bring in Stephon Diggs, expanding that run or pass offense, and they beefed up their defensive line as well, you know, filling holes that they lost in free agency too. I think this team is like the class of the AFC East right now. No, I absolutely agree with you completely. I don't think losing Shaq Lawson is going to be that big of a deal. They added Josh Norman. They got Espineza in the Mm -hmm. draft. I can't remember who the first-round pick was, but it was another defensive player. So pretty much the defense that was already top three in the league in points against and in yards per game against, I mean, they were top three. Like, they were giving up the least in those categories. They got better. So, I mean, that makes it even scarier. I mean, Josh Allen might not have been great on the stat sheet, but at the same time, on his next gen stats, like clutch, like clutch performances, and on accuracy, he showed a lot of improvement as opposed to his rookie year. I right. think that adding Stephon Diggs only makes them better. Adding Zach Moss 
only makes them better. I think we also kind of saw him unleash Singletary a little bit in the pass catching game. Right. So, if anything, I think they're on an offense that's trending in the right direction. And the defense, I mean, when you have a defense that good gets better, I mean, it's hard to go against them. Right. And I know you and I have talked about this before. I think he's a he could be a potential MVP sleeper pick this year. He has a high ceiling, I think, for what could happen with this season and moving forward because this Bill team, they built it right, man. Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. When you think about the MVP, a lot of times it's not necessarily going to be the best player. It's the guy who elevates a team to a level they haven't been before, and that's right. kind of the mold that all these MVPs have followed in. I mean, I would say Russell Wilson will be a guy who's going to be there in the MVP conversation, but yeah. I really think Josh Allen, I mean, if he can take the Bills to a 12-win season, I mean, the Bills, the schedule they have, I mean, who's to say they can't mess around win 12, 13 games this season? I think that Josh Allen is going to have a really good chance, because you also got to think about this, too. He's the power back down on the goal line. Right. He runs the ball. He does everything. That's also another reason I'm going to give Josh Allen as my fantasy player you should draft. I think if you're in any fantasy league you're in, I would wait a little while to go get your quarterback, and I'd go get Josh Allen. He's going to get you at least five, six points just off rush yards, and he's going to run for one or two touchdowns, which is way more valuable than a passing touchdown. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's going to be a really good pick this year in fantasy. I mean, the Bills defense, too, if you have a way to get them, you know, early or late mm -hmm. in the draft, rather, so, I mean, you don't have to, you know, waste a good pick on them. And as well, Stephon Diggs, I think he's going to have another great year now that he's in Buffalo with another good quarterback. So I think, like you said, that offense is trending in the right direction. And uh, Zach Moss, he could be a late sleeper pick, too, depending on how he's used and how much PT he gets. See, I'm actually against Moss only because of the reason I think Matt Moss, I think the talent's there, but I don't think he's much of a pass-catching back. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you're playing PPR, he's probably going to have like 60, 50 yards rushing, and it just depends if Allen vultures his touchdowns or not on the goal line. Yeah. So I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, the talent's there for Moss. I just don't know if the fantasy upside is there, though, for him. But let's move now to the Patriots. They have the exact same win total as the Bills at over under nine. Um, I think I know which way you're going, but what are you thinking about this one? Under, man. I mean, I know you and I have talked about this at endless length, but I think the Pats, are, this is going to be the first time you see them really take a step back. I think a lot of it's really relying on what they can get out of Cam Newton, how healthy he is, especially that arm. I know, you know, he's been trending upwards over from what we've been hearing, so that's good a good sign. So I think a lot of that really hinges on the success of what he can do in that offense, how dynamic he can make it. And you know Bill Belichick's been wanting that agile quarterback for years now. So this is gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. You'll see some stuff we've never seen before, especially in a Bill Belichick offense, but I think it's all really reliant on what they can get out of Cam. Yeah, see, I actually don't – I would not bet this win total, but I would probably take the under just because of all the guys sitting out on the defensive side. I mean, when right. you look at all the guys they lost in free agency and all the guys you got sitting out, I mean, especially once they lost Hightower, I feel like that was the biggest one. I mean, Patty mm -hmm. Chung, Ninkovich, I mean, that's just to name a few of the guys. I know there's many more bigger names even that they're missing on that side of the ball. Right. But, I mean, at the same time, Bill Belichick, I mean, he's arguably the best defensive coach in the league. I feel like he's going to figure something out scheme-wise. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, remember when he picked up James Harrison when James Harrison didn't look like he even belonged in the league anymore and got sacks out of him in the playoffs, you right. know, like – Belichick's going to plug guys in and get some sort of production. I mean, I think really what we're going to see out of the Patriots is them trying to slow the game down, run the ball a lot, Absolutely. control talk or control clock, and rely on their defense, even though a lot of people think it's not going to be there for them. I think that this is a 7 9, 8 and 8 team for sure. And I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they messed around and still found a way to get in those playoffs. I mean, we still watch Bell Belichick win games when the Garoppolo was hurt, when he had Jacoby Brissett playing with a broken finger on his throwing hand, you know, right. like. 
Belichick's going to dial something up on that defensive end. He's not just going to let them roll over and die. Right. I mean, that's what I have written down right here as my X factor. Defensive success continues. I mean, you, the Patriots are going to need that because that's what really carried them over the last few years with the you know Tom Brady declining. Mm-hmm. I know they wore out his arm every single game, but he was, still wasn't the same old Tom who could throw it and stretch the field like he used to. So I think, yeah, that's the defensive continued success, success is going to be very necessary for them to even get close to a nine-win total. But you're right. They could sneak in there in the playoffs just because now I think this year is the first year of the expanded playoffs. So, I mean, you're probably going to see maybe a few sub-500 teams sneak in there. Maybe not out of that first round, but still get in there and maybe make some noise. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you completely. Fantasy-wise, the player that I would – there's honestly, I would probably avoid everyone on this team. I'm going to tell you why. Running back-wise, I wouldn't take any of them because Cam Newton will vulture their touchdowns down on the goal line. And, I mean, even if he doesn't take them all, he's going to take a good bit of them throughout the games. Right. Um, I mean, Cam Newton, his wide receivers were never really anything in fantasy. Kelvin Benjamin was good that one year just because he caught a bunch of touchdowns. Steve Smith was good, so I, that makes me think maybe Julian Edelman. But honestly, I would watch out for what tight end he uses. He always relied on Greg Olson heavily in the pass game. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots still have a lot up for grabs at that tight end position. I think you might want to watch one or two games and see if one of the tight ends continuously gets a lot of targets from Cam and then go maybe add him. But... As of right now, there's really nobody on this team I would want fantasy-wise. Yeah, I agree. I mean, maybe Cam. <laughs> I joke, but I mean, there's really not anyone I could suggest because like you're saying, I mean, the offense is going to be so dynamic. They're going to try a lot of different things just so they can try and you know power against another strong defense that they're going against. So I agree. There's not going to be much really there. Uh, fantasy wise yeah I think that the next team here the Miami Dolphins who have their win total set at six and a half are a lot like the Patriots I think there's a lot of high variance things that can happen here with the Dolphins um, they still have a lot of new pieces I mean you have Byron Jones you have all those O-line pieces you have Tua um, you had your top two, you had your next two best wide receivers besides Devontae Parker opt out of the season I mean the Dolphins added and lost a decent bit of players this season they had one of the worst defenses in the NFL last year scoring and yardage wise but they ended up you know they signed all these guys and they kind of figured it out the second half of the season and Flores got the momentum going I just feel like it's in a weird year like this it's really hard to peg a team like the Dolphins but if I had to go one way or another I'd probably go under the win total just because of how hard their schedule is out the gates yeah I agree I mean the talent's been added I think under six and a half is going to be safe I, I would imagine it's probably going to be somewhere around five wins I mean they added a lot of defensive talent Shaq Lawson's going to help too and I mean they still have Xavier and Howard so and it's going to be a good squad what they can get out of them and what they can sustain offensive wise until they bring Tua in or whoever starts a quarterback for the majority of the season it's going to be a tough one I mean I don't expect much out of this team they're going to be a doormat for some and give some fits because they just weren't prepared to face this team but inconsistent at best I would say yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I mean, this is one of those teams in a COVID year that in a non-COVID year, if we could watch the preseason a little bit, I feel like it'd be much easier to feel this team out and kind of know what we're going to get. And I think it'd be better too because I thought, I thought personally on draft night, I was like, wow, two is going to be the starting quarterback here. Our Dolphins will probably make the playoffs. They'll be because I always like to pick that one team I think will take the next step and kind of be under the radar a little bit. You know, right. that went from not making the playoffs to in there. And the Dolphins would have been that team for me, but now there's just so many question marks. I still just don't really know what way to go with this team. I mean, the way you got to look at it, though, is that defense can't be any worse, really, than it was last year. And I think the offense will get better. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, though, he's also never had two good back-to-back starting quarterback seasons as starting quarterback. So, I mean, we just don't really know, too, like what the health of two is like. There's just so many question marks about this team, so I would just go ahead and go under if I had to pick something. Agreed. Um, now, 
circle back here let's go to vision in order we'll start with the last team in the division and i think that we both agree it's the jets and i have the jets being the worst team in the nfl my only x factor in way i think the jets can turn things around is if they can figure things out on the defensive side of the ball because the way i see things right now is that their defense is going to be horrible which means donald's going to be trying to make plays that he can't and he's going to start seeing ghosts again and throwing yeah. lots of interceptions yeah i mean i agree i think that all makes sense a lot of it's going to hinge on what can the defense do can they get stops can they put the offense in good positions can they get turnovers can they get any kind of point production but yeah this will be the doormat for the division actually i think you know four wins at best they'll be like you said the first team probably called on draft night next year Mm-hmm. And shoot, who knows what they might even do. They might even move on from Darnold by then. Um, next team I'm going to go with, once again, is the Dolphins. I mean, I think we kind of both agreed on this one. The Dolphins are in third place here. I mean, I don't think the Dolphins will make the playoffs. I think they could end up getting to seven wins, though. But I don't see anything better than seven and nine from the season. I think that the COVID and everything just kind of threw everything off for them. I feel like next year, though, is the Dolphins' year they make the jump. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they're still one more year away. Like you said, with all the question marks, especially around Tua and his inexperience now at this level, you know, and his health, most importantly, I think we'll see what happens with this team this year. It'll be a growth year. There shouldn't be really many expectations because they're still young, especially under this new head coach. So we'll just have to wait and see till next year, I think, with them. Yeah, absolutely. It's my X factor that I think can shake things up for them, though. I'm going to go with Tua. If Tua can come in there and play like 80% of the player he was at Alabama, the Dolphins will have a scary, dynamic offense. Devontae Parker will absolutely go off as well. Um, I don't remember if I did a fantasy player or not for them, uh, but Devontae Parker, yeah, I think we might have missed that I one. I think we missed that one, yeah. But Devontae Parker would definitely be my fantasy player. I would go after him and Fitzpatrick seemed to have good chemistry. And I mean, we saw how dynamic Tua can get the ball down the field. I mean, that's what Devontae Parker needs as a quarterback like that. No, I agree. And I've been high on Devontae Parker for the last year, two years, just waiting for him really to have that pop. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the dude's a freak athlete. He just really needs, you know, consistency and offensive play calling and confidence from the offensive coordinator. So, I think now that he's the number one receiver in that offense, he uh, should have a decent year. Maybe to our, uh, running a wide receiver too. You know, slide in there as a flex option at best. Yeah, no, and I mean, especially the Dolphins are trailing a lot. That's exactly what you want. That's right. what you want is a receiver on a team that's trailing a lot and just out there chucking balls up. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely. I think those teams will finish in the bottom of this division here. And number at number two in the division, I'm coming in with the New England Patriots. Um, I think the Patriots' deciding factor will actually be Cam Newton. If Cam Newton runs the ball effectively and can set himself up to throw the ball like he did when he was in Carolina, they'll be effective. See, the thing about Cam Newton that people don't realize is he's never been a passer a day in his career. He's always been a runner of the football. Whenever he's healthy and runs the ball on teams, I mean, you start packing in the box, you give him those one-on-one coverages. I mean, it builds his confidence, too. He gets up and does all those goofy little dances oh, and everything. Yeah. Oh, I remember. Gets, oh, yeah, he gets all big and cocky, but when, when, you, when you come in, you hit him, though, and you scare him and make him sit back there he throws off his back foot and then he throws the towel over his head and goes and pouts over on the bench yeah no I agree I think this team is going to end up in that second place but it's not going to be because they're exceptional or above 500 um but I think like you're saying once you start getting to Cam Newton start getting him rattled a little bit that he'll start stepping back start throwing more picks and his confidence is really fragile I mean you've you've seen in the first six years of his career and if at any point he you know, has to take a step out of the game, I mean, you have Brian Hoyer, but you still shouldn't expect much from this team unless the defense can really carry them. But other than that, I think that's a sub-500 team. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree with you completely there. Um, last team we have is the Bills. 
And I'm going to be honest with you, I wouldn't be shocked if Buffalo messed around and had the best um, record in the NFL this season. I mean, when you look at their at their division, they should win every single game they play in the division this season. I mean, that should be six easy wins for them right there. I'm going to go with those as my X factor for this team as Stephon Diggs. If Stephon Diggs can be dynamic and take the top off the defense, Josh Allen has a strong arm. If him and oh, Allen yeah. can connect for some long touchdowns, I mean, this team can get, if they can start putting points up on the board, like even a middle of the pack NFL offense with the defense as good as it is. I mean, we know what we're going to get with this defense. And they also have that home field advantage too with the cold and everything in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. that they're used to that. They're a run team as well. So they're built for all that. I mean, if you can get that going with Stephon Diggs, man, get that offense going up and running, I mean, no one's going to want to play the Bills, and they might end up with the best record in the entire NFL this season. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, especially in a weird COVID year like this, a team that could reach 12 wins could honestly, 13 wins could honestly have that best record in the NFL fairly easy, and I think the Bills have the ability to do that, especially in a the Patriots might sneak out of the might sneak out a game, but the rest of the division still a doormat, like you said. They shouldn't lose a game, but they may lose one, and it's only to Bill Belichick. Uh, but other than that, yeah, they should finish in first and second in the AFC. They should have a home field advantage going to the playoffs, and it should they should be a tough out going forward. It's going to be fun to watch them this year. It's going to be really fun. Oh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what Buffalo can do. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you all out. So these are the three bets that I'll give out for the entire podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and give them to you right here since they all have to do with this division. Um, I'm that, like I said, max bet Jets season win total under six and a half. I mean, if it was at four and a half, I would still take it under. That's how confident I am in that one. Um, I would also, I would look, I mean, I'm not necessarily going to play the Bills over nine, but I think it's worth like a small bet on Josh Allen to win MVP. I mean, I think I threw like 25 bucks to win almost a thousand on it. So that's how high the odds are on it. And I mean, if you're talking about a team that's going to have the number of the top record in the entire NFL. I mean, why would you not try on a quarterback like that? When you look at the mold of these players who have won MVP in the past, it's players that have taken their team kind of, you know, from mediocrity to like that next level. Josh Allen's going to run the ball. He's going to pass the ball. He's going to score a ton of touchdowns. I think the opportunity is there for Josh Allen to possibly win MVP. I'm not saying it's a lock or anything, but I think it's worth throwing something on. And the last one is the Bills plus 120 to win the division. I'd bet like a regular unit on that. I mean, I think it's kind of a joke, honestly, that they're an underdog to win the division. I think they should be minus 140 to 160. So I like all those bets right there. I honestly don't have any bets on the second. Like I necessarily wouldn't play any of these win totals, but this is what I think is going to happen in, the, in the, our next division here. And we're going to go with the NFC West. Before we get into the NFC West here, would you agree with me this is the most stacked division in the NFL? Oh, it's hard to argue against, man. I mean, you have, I mean, really three Super Bowl contending teams and the up-and-comer in the cards. I mean, it's good. This is this is probably going to be the toughest division. I mean, the division winner may sneak out with 10 or 11 wins just with how everyone's recuperated over the last year and gotten better and how they were a couple years ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, when I sit here and look at this division, you know, I think the 49ers are head and shoulders above everyone from kind of a general viewpoint. You know, we can go ahead and start with the 49ers. Their win total set at 10.5. Um, I mean, it's a tough division, so I think that these are these division opponents, since they see the 49ers twice, I feel like they'll be the teams more so that'll beat them once or twice. I mean, the 49ers had a top five defense in all aspects of the game last year in the NFL and the fact that they added um, Javon Kinlaw and I mean everything they did throughout that draft night it just felt mm -hmm. like that they just kept drafting smarter and smarter and smarter and getting every little thing they needed they also um, stole Trent Williams from the uh, from the Washington football team right. they, they, they gotta be PC Washington football team <laughs> 
And, you know, I just feel like that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, it just keeps getting better and better and better. What I've been saying is, man, if I'm Leonard Fournette, I give Kyle Shanahan a call and say, what do you want? What do I need to do to get my butt out there? I mean, Fournette, the talent's still there and everything. If he were to get in that offense, it would be absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like that that win total 10.5, take that over. I think that's going to be a safe one. They're still locked to win that division. Should still be the class of the NFC, just as they were last year. The defense, like you said, they only got better. And I don't want to think about Leonard Fournette on that team. <laughs> I don't. They're already loaded at running back. I think, you know, the addition of him, plus, you know, what they got in, uh, in receiver as well is kind of, just let's not let's not talk about it because that's just not fair to most other teams in the NFC, NFC man yeah no I mean Debo, <laughs> Debo Samuel will start the season on the out for I mean he's supposed to miss like four weeks I think or so I still don't even think that'll bother them I mean the 49ers too they had so many injuries last year and they still kept on winning oh, yeah. every single week I mean George Kittle I think George Kittle does the X factor just because I mean he just presents so many mismatches and so many problems a lot of these teams don't have guys that can cover someone like that in the middle and of the field like that so I mean I'm going to pick George Kittle as the X factor also as my fantasy player I would draft I would go with George Kittle once again I mean absolutely, he's guaranteed I mean even if he doesn't score a touchdown he's going to get 8 catches he's going to get 12 targets a game I mean that's where Garoppolo looks when he when he throws I also think that Tevin Coleman is still worth a, was still worth a pickup I mean at the same time he's going to be high variance because you know how Shanahan likes to spread the load right. and they got Jet McKinnon coming back too another, another guy we forgot about because he's been on the shelf for 2 years because he's been injured but I mean, when I think of the 49ers, man, I mean, I know that there's those, the team that loses in the Super Bowl the year before it gets worse. I think the 49ers can be the exception to that with how stacked they are. Yeah, no, I agree, man. Especially, and I think, I agree, George Kittle's going to be the X factor on that offense. He should be the fantasy player. Try and go target whatever pick you need because he's going to be so successful this year just with how he is to breaking up the, uh, the pass defense and getting in the end zone and making big plays. I mean, you, the play of him last year literally just tackling, tackling someone in the end zone and just literally laughing the entire time. The dude's crazy. He loves this stuff. He, he thrives on it. So expect him to have a huge year. And like you said, Kyle Shanahan, he's a genius, man. I mean, we saw what he did in Atlanta. You saw how he's built this team in San Fran, how he keeps mm-hmm. that offense just completely dynamic. So I think that team is, uh, yeah, they're really good. <laughs> they're really good. Yeah, safe to say they're going to be the class of the NFC for a long time coming. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, when he's been offensive coordinator from Atlanta, and now what he does in San Francisco, I mean, pretty much unstoppable on offense. Not to mention he's arguably got the best defense in the NFL, too. So Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a scary thought. It's a very scary thought to go <laughs> with. Um, the next team we'll go with here is the Seattle Seahawks. Their win total set at 9.5. I'll let you start us off on this one. What do you think about the Seahawks 2020? I like the Seahawks. I think they're, you know, they can continue the success they've had over the last few years, especially with the addition of Jamal Adams on the backside of their defense. That's going to be huge for them. Expect that defense to take a good step forward. I think, you know, Russell Wilson's still going to be the same MVP candidate. They've, you know, re-signed a few offensive linemen, brought in a few more. They're trying to beef that up, give Russell Wilson more time in the pocket so he's not getting chased around and having to do everything with his legs and throwing off his feet uh, while he's running. But I think, you know, expect them to be really good. They'll be competing at the top with the 49ers. They'll be just under them just purely because of how competitive the division is and having to deal with the Rams as well and still the up-and-coming cards. But still, that's a team that's going to be – in the NFC playoff race, they're going to be a tough out. And Russell Wilson, man, what, what can you say? 
Yeah, I mean, when you have Russell Wilson in there, and by the way, I also don't hate a small bet as well on Russell Wilson winning MVP because, I mean, he's Russell freaking Wilson. And when you have a quarterback that good, you have a chance to win in any game. I'm not going to lie. Russell Wilson is what is making it so hard for me to figure out what I want to do with the Seahawks this season. I think losing that home field is absolutely massive and can't even be accounted for enough. Also, losing Jadavian Clowney, I mean, when I look at that pass rush for them, I don't see a whole lot that I like. I think there's still a lot of questions. I mean, they have some decent guys like Shaquem Griffin, um, J.R. Reed, or I don't know if it's J.R. Reed, but Reed, the outside linebacker. Right. I mean, they've still – I just don't know if they have what they need to get to the quarterback. I mean, Jadavian Clowney, even though the numbers may not be there, I mean, his pressure rate and what oh, he could do. Yeah, yeah. You can't account for it enough. I mean, you still have Bobby Wagner. You add Jamal Adams in the back of that secondary, but – I feel like losing the home field advantage, I mean, it, it's really going to hurt the Seahawks a lot, I think. And yeah. I also think, you know, no Clowney being in there is going to be interesting. I mean, Jamal Adams is a beast and all. I mean, but I feel like safety is kind of a flashy position that gets a little overrated in the NFL. I feel like it's more of a what can you do to get to the quarterback? What can you do at corner? I mean, Bobby Wagner, though, can definitely make up for a lot of your sins on the defensive end. But for sure. I think that's what it's going to come down to here for Seattle. I think Russell Wilson probably has the best group of weapons he's had. I mean, they love running the ball with guys like Brashad Penny, Chris Carson. I believe they added one more running back. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. But you got DK Metcalf back again, Tyler Lockett. I mean, I honestly thought they might have signed Antonio Brown there for a minute. but (laughs) Didn't we all? Yeah. I mean, That was a scary thought, too. (laughs) Yeah. And also, you know, Pete Carroll's one of the best coaches in the entire NFL. So, I mean, when you add all that up, Seattle has everything. But at the same time, that home field advantage and the pass rusher, I mean, those are pass rushers, the one of the one questions I don't I mean, look at the Falcons. We'd have questioned pass rusher for the last three years and look what happens, you know. You know, Pete Carroll, it's really tough for me. I would go under the season win total and say they finished nine and seven just because of how difficult the division is. I really think these teams will beat up on each other at the end of the day. I think nine and seven is a good win total. And I mean defensive line was addressed. I'm not gonna say Bruce Irving's gonna be the answer all be all now that they brought him back, but still it'll help. And I think it'll be nice because Jamal Adams is going to cap off the back of that defense 15-20 yards. They're not, there will be little to no big plays behind them. So I think it, they'll have some defensive success. They won't be able to get the pressure on the quarterback like they want, but they'll be able to box teams in. And I think that's going to help a lot, just, you know, kind of styming other offenses. But yeah, I know I think 9-7 and is a safe bet. I think they'll finish above 500. They'll be on San Fran's heels. But I mean, just purely from how competitive this division is, it's, it's really hard to gauge where these teams are going to finish. But I think 9-7 and is pretty safe. Safe place to start with them. Yeah, no, I see. I agree with you completely. I mean, I'm, I haven't decided on my final playoff teams. I want to put them in as a wild card, though. I can't make my mind up just yet. Um, the last thing is the fantasy players. Fantasy-wise, I would definitely go after DK Metcalf and Lockett. I mean, both guys are dynamic and really change the game in the receiving and I think I would go for them, though, both as a wide receiver number two option, not as a number one. Um, Chris Carson, I like him as running back number two. I think he'll split carries a little bit. But, I mean, honestly, Chris Carson doesn't get the respect he deserves at running back. Yeah, I, I mean, he can really pound the ball in there. And, I mean, of course you got to take Russell Wilson. I mean, he runs it, passes it. I mean, he's could he could win MVP of the league. He's like LeBron of the NFL, you know. Or like Honestly. I like to compare him to Damian Lillard just because I feel like Damian Lillard for, there for a while to get the respect he deserved. I feel like Russell Wilson was the same way. They finally do now because they proved it on the big stages. But, you know, I feel like Seahawks got a lot of fantasy upside, let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing with Russell Wilson. You never know when you'll get the points, whether it be the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, just because you can never count out that team. You've seen them come back from being down 20 mm-hmm. points in the fourth quarter and cover, and Russell Wilson had a great fucking game. Sorry. But still, I mean, it's just those kind of things with that kind of guy. You never know when he's going to do it, but it's going to happen. The dude's going to have a great game. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just one of those kind of players. Like you said, the LeBron, the Dame Lillards of the of the NFL. 
Yeah, exactly. And there's very few players like that, and Russell Wilson's one of them. So that's always something to watch out for in that division. Um, next, we'll move to the Rams. The Rams' win total is at 8-5. and five. Um, I'll start us off on this one. I'm actually going to lean towards the under on this one. And my main reasoning being for the Rams going, going under on this one is – I just really think that it hurts them a lot in the fact that they've been trading all these draft picks year in, year out, and so they're going to be missing depth. And I mean, in a year when you need as much depth as possible, I think that really hurts them right there. Um, I also think too that losing um, Corey Littleton to the to the Raiders, I think he signed like a fifteen million dollar per year mm-hmm. deal. I mean, he was a beast in the middle of linebacker, and honestly, he was one of the more underrated middle linebackers in the entire NFL. I mean, you can't really replace somebody like that inside your defense, but. I think the Rams' offense will get back to where they used to be. Um, I think that they – so the last year, in the last six weeks of the season, they moved more to 11 personnel. They are able to run the ball again. I think they'll spring our boy Cam Akers loose running the ball. Oh, also, yeah. Darrell Henderson, I want to see what he can do as he was the leading rusher in college football two years ago, set out most – or didn't really get any PT last year. But I also kind of like Josh Reynolds, and I think that Robert Woods is ready to take a next step even though they lost Brandon Cooks on this offensive end. I mean, Cooks was hurt a lot last year. I mean, Cooper Cup, two out of the slot, so yeah. – they have the offense all there, and I think that they finally figured out what they got to do with Goff on the offensive end. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the offense will, will return to form close to what they had in 2018, I believe it was, when they got to the Super Bowl. You know, especially now that they got young at the running back position again. Todd Gurley is now playing in Atlanta. Um, and especially with the health of their receivers getting back, Cooper Cup's going to have a little odd year because they're going to be a lot more reliant on him. But I think the offense will look a lot better, won't be nearly as anemic last year, and a lot more consistent. I mean, Sean McVay knows what he's doing. He has that team running like a well-oiled machine. The defense is a little up in the air for me. I really don't know what to expect from them. Obviously, you know, Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald. But, I mean, beyond that, there's a lot of question marks there for me, too. So I I think uh, for that win total this year, I, I take the under on that. I think they may sneak into the playoffs somewhere around, I guess it would be the eighth seed this year uh, or sixth seed. I'm, I'm not even sure. But, um, I mean, with the losing record, if they're able to reach seven, five hundred and eight wins, then I think they have a legit shot to get in. But anything less than that, they're, they're going to be like just where they were last year. Yeah, also, too, I think in the NFC, we'll see teams with worse records make the playoffs than we will in the AFC, just because the yeah. NFC is a lot more stacked. So, I mean, I think the Rams and the Seahawks will be playing until the last week or two to get into that Absolutely. playoff picture. I mean, San Francisco, in my opinion, is too good not to win the division, but... Yeah, you know, I think for the Rams, too, here, if I fantasy-wise, like you said, though, you do have Aaron Donald. You can make up a lot of your sins on defense. They also brought back Michael Brockers, who helps plug that hole in the middle as well with Donald. So you have your two best interior pass rushers. You do lose Dante Fowler, though, as well. Right. So, I mean, that's a lot of guys are losing on defense. Sean McVay, though, is smart. I mean, him and Jared Goff are only getting better and better together. I mean, honestly, I feel like the Rams could be that surprise team that we're sleeping on a little bit. They could break out, but at the same time, I mean, I just feel like without these draft picks they haven't had the last couple years and losing key defensive guys, it's going to be tough for them. But overall, I think Tyler Higby and Cam Akers are the can't-miss fantasy guys. Like I said, that 11 personnel, that's two tight ends on the field. I think that Higby is going to be is going to absolutely go off as he was the top fantasy tight end the last six weeks of last season. And Cam Akers was, in my opinion, the best running back in college football the last couple years. I mean, he's just playing on a horrible Florida State team. Trust me, this is me as an unbiased Florida State fan. 
you get him on your fantasy team, you will be happy, and I guarantee you next year he will be going in the first round of your fantasy league. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Tyler Higby's going to be a good pick. I think he's going to get a lot of targets. Sean McVay's going to really try to expand how he can use him. I think Cooper Cup might be a good bench flex option depending on how healthy he is and how he's used. Robert Woods, good wide receiver too. And I, th- I totally agree on Cam Akers. I'm a little bit more of a biased Florida State fan. He played behind the worst offensive line in college football. It's undebatable. Um, and I think with him playing in NFL with the kind of ability he has to do, it's a freak. I mean, he's like Dalvin Cook-esque with the ability mm-hmm. he's able to shoot through holes and his speed. And he even brings a little power to what he does, too, at his size. So I think if he if he gets the touches I'm kind of expecting him to get and they see the talent that he has, he's going to be a good sleeper pick this year. And like you said, he might be taking your first, second pick next year in fantasy. That's what I'm saying. In the keeper league, he might be that. He might be one of your keepers next year. So keep an eye out for all that. I will say this, though. The one thing that worries me a little about Cooper Cup, I know him and Goff have the chemistry and everything. I like Cooper Cup. I think he's a good receiver. The thing is, though, he, him out of the slot, he's a top. He's actually the number one receiver out of the slot in the NFL, mm-hmm. and he scored a lot of touchdowns last year, which is a little random. But once they moved to that eleven personnel, his, his highest yardage was like forty-five yards or, or receiving in a game. So that just means you're not going to run as many plays out of the slot, and he's not as effective out of other areas. But, I mean, Cooper Cup, I mean, he's talent and everything's still there. I just yeah. think his production might drop off a little bit. I agree. I mean, I would expect his ceiling to be somewhere around maybe 800, 900 yards, get a few touchdowns, unless, you know, Sean McVay can really find a way to scheme him open, downfield, middle of the field, 15-yard passes to really get that offense churning. But I just don't think that's going to be his role in that offense. I, you know, he's just going to be short routes, get the get the yards you need to mm-hmm. move the chains and things like that. So 800, 900 yard ceiling, I expect most out of him. Yeah, I also wouldn't be shocked too if the Rams led the NFL in, in uh, rush yards per game again. If they yeah. got back to pounding it like that. So. I agree. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. We talk we probably talked the longest of any team right there about the Rams. So yeah, yeah it's gonna be a fun team. Also, I don't know if y'all been watching Hard Knocks or not, but they're on there, so you can go check it out. But I actually think it's been the worst season of Hard Knocks. Is kind of my favorite part was when they would go play the games and everything. You just yeah. don't get to see any of that. So. It hasn't been too much fun. You're not the first person I've heard say that either. I've heard quite a few other people saying that too. I mean, it's cool seeing the players go out there and yeah. how they do. And Sorry for another time. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, I'm still going to watch the new episode that comes out tonight. Hey, you're welcome, HBO. I gave you a little free <laughs> advertising right there. Anyway, let's get to the last team in the division here. And, you know, this is a team that I'm actually pretty excited to watch play, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. I have, They're at seven and a half wins this season. Uh, you want to start us off and talk a little bit about Arizona? Yeah, I'm excited. This is probably the team I'm most excited to watch out of this division. We kind of know what we're going to expect. You know, we have an idea of what to expect out of the other three. I think the cards are the most fun because you have still a young head coach. You bring in another exciting weapon in D-Hop. I mean, and Kyler Murray's a freak, man. That guy is fun to watch. He can run it a million miles an hour. He can throw it all over you. His arm strength is incredible, all packed into the size of like a 5'9 person. It's incredible. So, I mean... Where they end up, I think they end up under that seven and a half total. Especially, I mean, with even with the addition of Kenyon Drake and that offense being more explosive, I still see them under that just from how competitive top to bottom this division is. Yeah, actually, I agree with you that I think they're going to go under. And look, I think the offense will be there. Kyler Murray could have a little bit of a sophomore slump, but at the same time, their offensive line. So they got Josh Jones in that third round. You get Marcus Gilbert, who they had last year, but he was out for the entire season. You get him back, so you automatically get your offensive line better. And Kyler Murray's a little mobile. And you get him, like you said, D-hop. You get Kenyon Drake, who comes in. 
I mean, I think the offense will be there. I mean, Arizona's offense that was able to move the ball last season, the problem is their defense allowed the most yards per game in the NFL and the fifth most total points per game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty bad. They did draft Justin Simmons in the first round. I don't think they had a second-round pick, but – I think Justin Simmons makes him better, but I mean, it's not going to be a one-year turnaround on this defensive side of the ball for them. I think the defense is still going to be pretty bad, and I think that's going to end up being what costs them this season. Um, Also, if it wasn't a COVID year, I'd feel a little bit better about trying to maybe go over on this win total or projecting them to be that team that breaks through and gets the next step. But the fact they play in the stack division and their defense is so bad, it's just really tough for me to predict that for them right now. I will say this, though. Fantasy-wise, I would definitely go after Kyler Murray, and I actually think Kenyon Drake will be a top-five fantasy running back, with, especially if you're playing PPR. How much he catches the ball, he's going to be a beast in that pass game. I mean, he can run it. Too. I, I think Kenyon Drake, like, he's going to be crazy. And, I mean, I really think this first week in, um, in FanDuel and stuff, you can get him cheap. I think he's going to be the sleep breaker the first couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, just to go back to that defense thing real quick. I mean, they addressed it in the offseason. They brought in Devondre Campbell. They brought in Jordan Phillips. I mean, and they brought in Devon Kinlaw or Javon Kinlaw, excuse me. So or Kennard, Devon Kennard. Jesus, I can't read my own <laughs> And so um, they addressed it, but it's not going to be enough to change anything. The defense is still going to be pretty bad. But I agree. I mean, the offense is where you're going to want to go fantasy wise. You still have D Hop. You still have uh, Kenyon Drake, like you said. I think he's going to. I don't know if he'll end up top five, but depending on how he's used and the production he gets and how many times Kyler Murray checks down to the man. I think it's going to be good. I think he'll have a top 15 fantasy production. He'll be one of those guys you're going to target in the mid-rounds coming next year after his name gets going. And like you said, first week of fan duels, I'm going to have him in my lineup. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, and obviously that man, Kyler Murray, he's going to be out there balling like he always does. So get excited for that. Yeah, no, I think Arizona's going to be fun to watch, though, for sure. And, I mean, I think they'll definitely pull some upsets like they did last year. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a great team to watch. But... Yeah, you know, I just don't think the defense will be there yet. Like you said, they're going to need to get the continuity and everything down. I mean, they're going to be – the problem is no matter how good that defense gets, they're still going to be the worst team in the, every single division game this season, which is going to be brutal for them. Right. Um, let's go ahead now and let's rank these teams in the division real quick before we get out of here. And we'll go ahead and start at the last slot. Who you got in the last slot? I got the cards finishing last. I think, you know, the 7.5 win total is a little generous. I think they'll end up somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised, rather, if they ended up where they did last year. They may surprise us and sneak out a few more wins and get up there close to that 7.5 win mark. But I would expect under that, they're going to be in my basement of the division. They'll be last. Like I said, four wins is probably where I see them this year. Oh wow! See, I'm I'm I'll be generous here. I'll give them six wins this season. I think they finish six and ten, but you know I think they'll play a lot of these games close. I think they'll do well ATS. I just think that that defense man is going to end up biting them in yeah. the ass, and they're not going to be able to get what they need to go to the next level that that way. So I mean, that's my X factor right there is the defense. If their defense can step up, I mean, this team could be scary. But I just don't think they'll get what they need from the defense. Uh, next, now we'll go in our three slot in the division. Who are you going with? Uh, I'm actually going to go with Seattle here. Oh, okay. I think it's – I'll explain here in a second. But I think Seattle's going to be hit – well, actually, rather, them and uh, the Rams will end up tied from that 9-7 and seven spot, depending how they split their season series. I think them and tied for third is probably safe at 9-7, and seven, just because from how competitive the division is, that each team under San Fran, because San Fran's going to have their wins. So they'll be there. They'll end up 12-11 wins right there, but everyone under them is still going to have to duke it out. And it's going to be tough. I mean, even the cards, even as bad as their defense is, their offense still isn't going to be a pushover. So, I mean, and who knows, the cards might sneak out one one win against both those teams. So I would expect Rams, uh, Seahawks finish tied for th- third place right there in that 9-7 and seven spot. 
both trying to fight for one of those last couple wild card seats in the playoffs. And who knows? I Seattle could make some noise, and so could LA, and I could be totally wrong. But I that's where I see them. Yeah, no, I I'm actually gonna go with the Rams here, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that the Rams seat and Seahawks have a couple swing games that can really flip things for both teams. I have the Rams at eight and eight, which I think could still possibly get them in the playoffs here. But really, what it's going to come down for me with the Rams here is that linebacking core. If that linebacking core can make plays across the field, step up for what they're missing without Littleton, I mean, I think the Rams are could be a 10-win team even if they can step up right there. I just think that's going to come back and hurt them a little bit. And I think in some of these games, you know, you're going to watch them get picked apart. Like, I think they don't really have anybody at all to match up on George Kittle. So, I mean, yeah. that's going to hurt for him. But, I mean, for the most part, though, I mean, I like what the Rams are going to do this season. I could definitely see they're definitely like a fringe playoff team for me right now. It's still tough for me to decide which way I'm going to go with them making the playoffs or not. But I got the Rams right here at 8-8. Eight and eight. So, you no, know, I definitely don't hate your prediction at all with Seattle. I mean, it's tough for me. I mean, Seattle's home field is arguably one of the is arguably I think it's the third or fourth best home field in the NFL mm-hmm. to a point spread so I mean you can't you can't do anything just to make that reappear you know right. so I, I definitely don't hate that at all um I'll just go ahead and say who I got a second it's which is the Seattle Seahawks I just feel like that when I look at them in the Rams I feel like they both have their flaws but they're both in certain ways kind of the same teams because I'd say they have like 80% of a great team but they're just missing that 20% you know right and so I feel like for them it's the pass rusher which is that 20% that they're missing but when you have MVP Russell Wilson I think he can take you to the next level and get you that extra win or two that can put you into the playoffs so I mean it's tough I don't think I can leave Seattle out of the playoffs and I've got Seattle finishing second in the division yeah I I agree I think Seattle's going to be a safe bet to get in I think depending on how the tiebreakers go for uh, LA, it's going to be a little tougher for them because I think Seattle's going to end up having the better wins and more wins in the NFC when it comes down to it, the more pra- or the more important wins rather. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would expect them to get in more uh, over LA when it comes down to it, even though if they finish at that same record, same spot, eight and eight, nine seven. Yeah, no, I mean this is, this division could be very high variance. You know, one of these teams could come out here and lose a bunch of close games and yeah. find themselves in the cellar pretty quick. Absolutely. Fortunately, though, I don't think that high variance will affect the 49ers. I think the 49ers will be up there for one of the best records in the NFL once again, if not the best record once again. Um, I mean, what is there not to love about the 49ers? They can run the ball. The Jimmy G just kind of manages the game back there. I actually think Jimmy G will get better. Usually quarterbacks who come back from injuries like this, they play, or any player comes back from an injury like that, they're better this the second year, not the first year back. So, you know, all those things, I mean, I just feel like there's no way you can't not beat the 49ers. No, I agree. I mean, they're complete on both sides of the ball. We saw what they did on offense last year, and they retained most of, if not all of those players. Most importantly on the offensive line, like you said, they're adding back Jet McKinnon, so that's going to be huge for the running backs. Um, and they got better at the receiver position. And especially, I mean, what can you say about the defense? It's, I mean, it's a monster, man. So, I mean, like you said, they're going to be the class of the NFC. They'll be up there. They'll be in a deep playoff run. They might probably have home field advantage all the way throughout, and they'll be playing NFC Championship Sunday there in Levi Stadium. So, I mean, they'll be there. I mean, who knows? They'll probably may end up right back in the Super Bowl again. This team is that good. They're that good. No, I agree with you completely, and honestly, it's pretty hard for me not even pick the 49ers to win the Super Bowl right now. I mean, I haven't fully decided what I'm going to pick yet, but, I mean, it's pretty damn hard not to pick the 49ers to win the Super Bowl this year. So... All that being said, though, I mean, this is going to be too fun. It's, this is going to be a fun division to watch. NFL is going to be great to have back. Sam, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, man. It's been a blast. I always love doing this. Oh, for sure. Trust me. Me and Sam will be giving you all tons of football podcasts this season. <laughs> so y'all get ready for all that. But we appreciate everyone tuning in. And I'll talk to you all again probably tomorrow. Peace.